It's time for the Financial Cafe, airing every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. on 88.7 WSIE The Sound. Today's show is underwritten by The Chef Shop, your hometown kitchen accessory store, where a good cup of coffee starts every day right. The views expressed at the Financial Cafe are those of the hosts and do not represent the views of Southern Illinois University Edwardsville, the SIU Board of Trustees, or WSIE Radio. Securities offered through Nickel Investors Corporation at Number 1 Executive Park, Granite City, Illinois, member FINRA and SIPC. If I And now, welcome to the Financial Cafe and our hosts, Larry Lexo and John Graney. Hello, folks. This is John Graney with the Financial Cafe. Happy Saturday morning to everyone. I have Larry Lexo here with me. Hey, John. And we are the Financial Cafe, where we are blending financial advice with a good cup of coffee. Hope everyone is doing well. And this is our third episode, and Larry and I have decided to jump right into the thick of things and get into a good controversial topic, annuities. So, Larry, if you had a million dollars, would you buy an annuity? Well, John, it's a good question. One I get asked, uh, not every day, but occasionally, and my answer is, that depends. That depends. Uh, reading a lot of articles, I came across some comments here. So the, for the next couple shows, we're going to do a little different. Uh, Larry is our annuity expert, and for my career of 20-plus years, I have not been much of an annuity fan, so I'm going to play devil's advocate. My wife, lovely Amy, would agree that I'm probably a natural at this, so this should get a little bit interesting. But Todd Tresitor from FinancialMentor.com had this to say about variable annuities. Consumer advocates argue some variable annuity fees are so steep, it can take more than a decade to outperform more straightforward investments. The benefits are misrepresented, and the restrictive features and penalties aren't adequately understood. Probably my biggest problem with annuities is they are oversold. It seems to be a catch-all, and quite honestly, one of the biggest reasons is the commissions that brokers earn on selling an annuity are pretty generous. Uh, They're pretty nice. They have been in the past, and I think they continue, even though they are starting to come down. So, folks, we're going to be ganging up on Larry for the next couple shows, so please send your questions to jgraney, G-R-A-N-E-Y, at nickel, N-I-C-O-L, financial.com. That's jgraney at nickelfinancial.com. And then we can kind of gang up on Larry and see if he can... Turn the tides for me, especially to to say, okay, they are there are annuities out there that I agree can work, and there are some that don't work, and then hopefully we can uh, come to a nice consensus on where they fit in and help you, the investor, determine is an annuity right for you? Are you that person that fits in into these uh, these pieces where it makes a good sense to have in your portfolio? So with that, the first part we're going to go through is a bunch of definitions and terms. Larry's going to go and provide you with the background as far as some of the key information and words that are used in the industry about annuities. Then we'll get into the different types of annuities. And then we'll work into how you evaluate annuity. How do you say this is right for me? This is good. Give you that information kind of like we did in the first episode when we talked about how do you evaluate advisor. 
And then the fun will begin when we hit the Q&A. So I'm going to turn things over to Larry and let him start going through some of these terms and definitions. And then when I feel like chiming in from a devil, devil's advocate standpoint, I will do so. Thank you, John. And I think I'm up to the challenge. Uh, we'll find we'll out see. here we'll uh, see. As, as we go forward. Uh, a couple of things that you had mentioned, I think maybe changing. You're right. A lot of uh, advisors, uh, both insurance-based advisors as well as uh, securities licensed do sell annuities, and some of them do oversell annuities. But as I said in the beginning, it depends because you have to first understand the product. You have to make sure that it's a good fit for the client. You have to make sure the client understands exactly what they're buying, how it works, and, and what it is intended to do. When you, when you hear the word annuity, it's, it kind of scares some people. I, I see one of a couple of reactions. Either go they go, annuities, I, I've heard they're not so good. I, I don't even want to talk about it. Or they go, annuity, well, yeah, that's kind of like my dad or my grandpa had when, uh, you know, they had a lifetime series of payments, which goes to the definition of an annuity. Annuity, most basic definition, it's a fixed sum of money paid to someone each year for a period of time as defined in the contract. So what do we say? Well, the basic annuity in the beginning started when you would exchange a lump sum of cash for a series of payments that would last over the lifetime of the individual uh, you never have access to the cash again, but you never run out of the money because you know you're going to get it for life. It is a form of insurance. It is an investment contract, or it can be, depending on a type of annuity. I guess, John, I'll ask you the question, does everybody own an annuity? I sure hope not, at least from my standpoint right now. Uh, there are, you know, actually it's kind of ironic. If there is a person that would be a candidate for an annuity, it would be me. Um, I am a type 1 diabetic, so getting insurance is very difficult for me. Um, so providing a stream of income for my wife, given that you know I am a type 1 diabetic and I have a my mortality is not uh, to the standard for someone my age, that uh, and knowing how she is as far as uh, not liking risk, an annuity would be a great um, investment for me to provide a series of income payments for her. But with that said, that's a pretty unique situation, and a lot of people have annuities, and I scratch my head thinking there can't be that many type 1 diabetics out there. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not sure about the number, but actually I would go back to my question, does everyone own an annuity? And the answer, in my opinion, is most people do, whether they know it or not. Baby boomers, those who have worked for companies and are fortunate enough to have a pension, uh, oh, that, that pays, was a trick question. Yeah, that I know. It pays, pays them for life or, or them and their survivor, their spouse, in that case. That's a form of an annuity, whether you want to call it that or not. It's a pension payout. Uh, most of us, I would say majority of people, do have an annuity in, in the form of Social Security. Because Social Security again, is... Again, limited group. Again, We're talking about I older know. people. Older people. Older trick people question. who have Social Security, that is an annuity. You're getting a series of payments over your lifetime, and upon death, if you're married, your spouse will continue or your partner will continue those payments for uh, their lifetime. So, so annuities are nothing to be afraid of. They're nothing to that are bad or that you should avoid, but you have to understand them. And we talk about, you know, well, who is an annuity contract between? Is it between the annuitant or the individual it's, it's insuring? Is it uh, between the, the owner of the contract, the agent, or the insurance company? And I guess the biggest answer to that is misunderstood. An annuitant is in a contract with the insurance company, not your agent. Your agent is certainly 
uh, an agent to provide the contract for you to help explain and help you understand the contract. But your annuity contract is with the insurance company. So read the fine print, read the contract, make sure you understand what you have and how it works. There really are two phases to most annuity contracts. There's the accumulation phase, and that's the point at which you either put in a lump sum to the contract or a series of payments over time to fund uh, the future value. And then we move into the annuitization phase or the income phase. That's the point at which you start drawing income from the money that has been put into it. And there are many, many ways of drawing that income out over your lifetime, over your lifetime and your spouse, for a period certain, as it's called, uh, for um, a variety of, of ways to receive that. So, uh, And we get to the next question, really, what does an annuity do, do for you uh, and who should own it? And there's a couple of basic reasons. There's probably many more, but I'll stick with these for now. Anyone seeking stable, guaranteed income is a good candidate for an annuity who does not believe in this, the value of growth of the stock market, and they just want to make sure they know what they're getting and how long it's going to last. Someone who, who is seeking tax-deferred growth. Uh, the growth within an annuity is tax-deferred until the point at which you take it out. And there are some excellent examples we'll talk about where that can mean a lot in terms of future value of your money. And it is a hedge against longevity risk. You know, today, uh, the statistics that are, have been gathered say that someone who's 65 years old today has as much as a 25% chance of living to age 90, and they have a 10% chance of living to age 95. So if you're that individual retiring at age 65 and you're going to live 30 years, how are you going to make sure you don't run out of money? And that's a common uh, issue that I deal with in planning for clients. Well, I sure hope the insurance company that is offering the annuity has better stability than the Social Security system. Um, and you gave the example of pensions, but most companies don't offer pensions anymore. So again, playing the devil, devil's advocate role, um, I'm still not sold on all this. Well, again, it depends, John, because annuities, I kind of liken it to uh, a bicycle. If I told you that uh, I owned a bicycle, uh, that would conjure up an image in your mind of, you know, some type of uh, vehicle with two wheels. But Harley. It, it could be a Harley, yeah. Uh, you know, it could be motorized, could be non-motorized. It could be a one-speed, three-speed, five-speed, ten-speed. Uh, maybe it has larger wheels for off-road, uh, maybe, you know, trails and maybe smaller wheels. So there's a lot of different varieties that go in there. Uh, but annuities are, are come down to a couple of different areas. It's either an immediate annuity where you exchange a lump sum for immediate payment or a deferred annuity where, again, you're putting in a one single payment or a series of payments and you're deferring the income until some future date or future event. could be age 65 or you could defer it even further than that before you have to start taking income. Lifetime income annuities really just exchange cash payments for a lifetime income for you and or a designated spouse. Uh, there are a couple of other different types of annuities. Uh, we talk about fixed annuities, uh, and I'll uh, throw that back to John, and he can uh, talk about what are some of the pros and cons of a typical fixed annuity. A fixed annuity um, is almost like a CD. Uh, you have a contract for a certain period of time, and you earn an interest rate. A good time to buy a fixed annuity is when rates are high, as opposed to where we are now, where rates are very low. And if you're locking into a two, three, four, five, ten year fixed annuity at a very low interest rate, uh, it may not be 
a good investment choice only because inflation is higher than interest rates are now and you are losing purchasing power. One of the other drawbacks with a fixed annuity is your payment that you receive is not adjusted for inflation. So no, <clears throat> no matter how much you are earning, uh, you will always be falling behind uh, inflation and depending on the rate that you're earning on your fixed annuity, it could be significant. But as far as annuities go, if you're going to sell me on any of these, Larry, this is probably the, the one that you could do. Well, it's one that uh, we talk about with clients, particularly, again, I was talking to a client the other day, and, and they're like, you know, we're not comfortable with the stock market. It's at all-time high. Uh, it's not the time to buy in. We think that depending on the election, uh, it's either going to go up or going to go down. And I can't disagree with any of that because it goes up and it goes down. We don't know which way. As we talk about many times, you know, three out of every 10 years, the market is going to go down. We just don't know which three that uh, is going to happen. But in that case, your choices are CD at less than 1%. In most cases, I haven't seen many today that are paying over 1%. Uh, a fixed annuity might be in uh, the new rates came out uh, yesterday, uh, but I didn't note them. So I'll have to share with those with you in the next show. Uh, but they may be 2 3 4%. You never know. Uh, and even though you may not be keeping up with inflation, it does give you a better return than having your money just sit in a money market or a CD. So something to be considered, and there are some other factors we'll get into uh, in determining what is a good fixed annuity and what is not. So would you agree with this comment that annuities are sold on fear? I would agree that some annuities are sold on fear, but... Uh, in my case, a good advisor doesn't use that tactic. Uh, they use it as a solution. And if someone is expressing the fact that they don't want to invest in a stock market, but they want to earn more than uh, one quarter of 1% on their money, then it's a tool. You have to consider the tools you have available, make sure the client understands them clearly, and then a decision is made if it's appropriate or not. I think fear is you know, the, the fact that the stock market can go down. Um, I've one of my challenges as an advisor and working with individuals has been helping people overcome the fear. They look at their statement or on a quarterly basis, monthly basis, and they see the volatility that comes with certain investments. Stocks tend to be more volatile than bonds and so forth. And helping people evaluate their risk assessment is a challenge. Uh, people tend to think they're riskier than they really are. Um, and I think annuities is a catch-all, and a lot of advisors use that fear to sell this product. That's just in my humble opinion. But uh, I wanted to get your take on it, and it seems like we are kind of in agreement there that, that it does play into a decision process for sure. It, it certainly can, and, and you're satisfying the fear. And I you know, sometimes call it the, the pillow factor. Is the individual going to be able to sleep at night if they're in the stock market? If they can't, maybe that's not the place they should be. So then we look again at the other tools we have, the other arrows we have in our quiver, and determine which ones may or may not be appropriate in that case. In the, uh, the evolution of annuities as they have come about, again, they started out as, as pension plans or a cash value exchange for a series of lifetime payments. Fixed annuities came about well, with insurance companies guaranteeing a, a fixed interest rate and taking the investment, the cash that you give them, and investing it, well, guess what, in the stock market. 
uh, as well as other things, property, uh, different types of investments, uh, hoping as they calculate to earn more than what they're paying you out as a fixed rate of return. And if they're successful, then uh, everybody wins. Uh, after fixed annuities, though, they, they brought up uh, variable annuities, and variable annuities are, are an interesting category dun, because, dun, dun. yeah, there it goes again already. Uh, variable annuities are, are, are provided by many companies, and you exchange your cash, and you are provided with a, a short or, in some cases, a very extensive list of investments. So you're not investing necessarily in uh, stocks individually, but you're investing in separate accounts, basically, that are held within the annuity contract that mimic, in many cases, the stock market. So uh, where would you think that you'd use a variable annuity, John? Never. <laughs> I knew that was your answer. <laughs> uh, I, I've, I've always been the <clears throat> proponent of investments and in insurance should never mix. You buy insurance um, in a term fashion to cover whatever potential loss you're, you're exposed to, and you buy investments to grow to grow your nest egg, your portfolio. Variable annuities are uh, very difficult to assess. They're very complex. Um, even a lot of advisors don't typically understand all the bells and whistles and features that come with it. But essentially, you can invest in the stock market, the bond market, whatever you want in these what we call sub-accounts, and then it's wrapped, all those investments are wrapped with an annuity around it, which is, you know, guaranteeing some form of payment and so forth. But if you're going to invest in a variable annuity and subject your portfolio to the ups and downs of the stock market in the annuity, because your investments, your cash value will be going up and down based on how the stock market does, why do you need the, to have an annuity? If you're going to accept that risk and just... Go ahead and do it on the outside with a diversified portfolio and minimize your expenses because variable annuities can be pretty expensive. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with the general statement that you've made. However, variable, that was coming. Uh, you knew, uh, variable annuities started out that way, but then the insurance companies uh, take a look at the market and developed many guaranteed benefits associated with annuities. Did and you, you say guaranteed? I said guaranteed. Uh, Chris, don't shoot me for that. Uh, <laughs> Chris is our compliance officer, so yeah. he just spit his coffee across the room. Yeah, well, it was good coffee, though. <laughs> Probably from Chef Shop. Uh, <laughs> but uh, there are guarantees associated with annuities. And, and annuities strictly for the investments uh, it may not necessarily be the best choice. But when you wrap some of the guarantees onto it, or if you're using it, again, for uh, tax-advantaged growth and savings, which you cannot get in retail or typical investment funds. Or there are some advantages, and we'll get into those uh, further as, as we move forward. Another type of annuity, other than just the traditional, the fixed annuity, the variable annuity, uh, then evolved into indexed annuities. Oh, so guess what? If you have a fixed indexed annuity, uh, just to complicate things further, the contract typically will pay you a guaranteed, there it is again, fixed rate of return over a specified period of time. The index portion is it's indexed against some uh, indices of the stock market or the bond market. And if that uh, market-based uh, index performs well, then you share uh, in some of that additional gain. 
Uh, again, sold not on fear, but on greed. There's the other side of the equation. Uh, the greed is, well, I'm getting a minimum rate of return on my fixed investment, and but I'm pretty greedy. So if the market does well, I don't want the downside, but I want the upside. And okay, so Larry has his salesman hat on here. Let's let's step back here and look at the fixed indexed annuity. There is a cost. There's a cost for everything. Keynesian theory. There's no such thing as a free lunch. You are going to give up the upside. You're going to be capped. In order to get that downside protection. Uh, if the bond market or whatever the index is goes down by 5%, you will only lose 1, 2, maybe 0, whatever it may be. But if the bond market goes up 15, you're only going to get 5. So there's an opportunity cost there. You just lost 10% of potential upside. So uh, devil's advocate bringing Larry back down to reality here. Let's make sure that uh, these people understand that that indexed annuity has a cap, and that's what you're in order to get that protection, you're giving something up. No question about it. And again, believe it or not, I, I do agree with you. Um, whether it's a fixed indexed annuity or more popularly sold by insurance or registered investment advisors who are not securities licensed, equity indexed annuities, which I would have to say is probably the worst of all uh, cases of annuities Uh and we can talk further about I think some we're starting to humble them here. specific examples. We're bringing them to our side. Specific examples, <laughs> which may or may not uh, indicate that they are appropriate. But and so then the the question is begged by you know well, which type is best? And I'll go back to where I started. It depends. You know, it depends on the individual's risk tolerance. It depends on their time horizon. It depends on their temperament. And I'll throw the other one in there, the, the pill factor. Uh, if they're a nervous Nelly and they don't want exposure to the market, but they do want some level of gain, it's, again, a tool. One of the things that we have to uh, at least look at and decide that it is or is not appropriate for an individual investor. I will concede. There is definitely... Yeah, hey, I got him there. Yeah. Uh, one concession here. I will concede that there is that factor of comfort, knowing that, okay, as long as I'm alive, I'm going to get X amount of whatever that, that X amount may be. Um, that's a peace of mind. That, you know, it, it's hard to argue against knowing that you have that stream of income. The question becomes, <laughs> what's the opportunity that, or other investment vehicles, more traditional style, lower cost investment vehicles, that could produce the same results for you. But you're right, there are investors out there, I know many of them that, look, I don't want any risk, and I'm willing to pay for not dealing with volatility, for sure. Yeah, and that's, uh, again, <clears throat> it's our job as investment advisors to first understand our client, to make sure that, that we know what they do and do not want uh, to gauge their their past experience with different types of investments and the success of that, and to be aware of all of the different tools available and to provide solutions that incorporate uh, the best of what we have. And then ultimately, it's their decision. It's their money. It's their future. Uh, they have to sleep at night. They have to know if the market goes up, the market goes down or goes sideways, that uh, they, they're in a position of uh, being okay and comfortable 
to enjoy their retirement, which is uh, the goal when you retire. If you're going to live another 30 years or more, hopefully happy and healthy, then the last thing you don't want to worry about is running out of money at some point in the future. Too much retirement and not enough money is not a good idea. Not a good combination. That's why we see so many folks working past age 65. And I know of actually a number of clients that uh, by choice, fortunately, not by necessity, are working well into their 70s, which isn't necessarily uh, a bad thing for their their, uh, well-being and health anyway. All right. So a quick reset here. We've gone over some terms. We've defined what an annuity is. We define who uh, we define who produces annuities, insurance companies, and so forth. The accumulation phase, which could be in a lump sum or a series of payments. The annuitization phase, which again could be in a lump sum or series of payments, which could be termed or based on life. Or uh, so there's lots of different ways to slice and dice this part of it. Uh, we've defined who should consider an annuity as far as um, temperament and so forth. Uh, we've just find the types of annuities that are out there. So before we run out of time for this show, uh, let's talk about the coffee. Let's talk about the coffee. Chef Shop, of course, Scott over there, our our friend and, and uh, keeping us well stocked. Uh, this one's called Jamaica Me Crazy. Yeah, but annuities do that too. Yeah, Jamaica Me Crazy, man. Uh, it's a particular blend. It's a coffee master's finest coffee. It's infused with the richest, sweetest essence of darkest tropical island rum. And it's made Larry giddy, and he's starting to talk like a Caribbean man. I'm telling you about it. but it I is, like it. I enjoy it. I, I give it a definite thumbs up. It's a coffee that you can just sit down and enjoy. Uh, while it's you're not doing... the fog lifter. It's not the one that's going to slap you in the face and say, let's get today going, but it's a good one. No, that was last week. Uh, that was definitely last week. And we have a surprise on the next show for the coffee that you would not normally expect us to review in July, but I'm looking forward to it uh, as it's coming up here pretty quickly. Uh, I'm going to touch on one more thing before we uh, wrap this show up, John. we got about four, three, four minutes left. Uh, what are the most important things? And we'll, we'll bring this up first on the next show. What are the most important things to consider when looking at an annuity? And I think the number one over and above everything else is the strength of the insurance company. Because you're exchanging a lump sum with a company, an insurance company, based on their ability to pay you back at the appropriate time. You may want to chose a better example than Social Security on this one. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. But you do have some tools at your disposal. They are on available on the Internet. Uh, there are rating companies. There's four major rating companies which look at insurance carriers and gauge different things about them. AM Best, it's just AM, capital AM Best. Fitch, F-I-T-C-H is another one. Moody's is a rating company as well as Standard and Poor's. And what they do is they gauge different aspects of an insurance company. One of them will look at the claims paying ability of the insurance company. Another one will look at the reserve capacity the insurance company has in terms of making sure they can meet all of their obligations. They'll also look at their their profitability. Are they good at reinvesting the money that they're given for future payout? Uh, and, and another one looks at just the overall company as a whole. 
Uh, many of the, or, well, the only organizations we would work at with or consider are A-plus rated with all of those agencies. Many of them have been around, you know, 100 to 150 years. They haven't missed a payment through uh, many world wars, through the depressions, through everything else. So they are managed well and they have top rating. So I, just because it pays you an extra 1% or 2%, at least uh, based on the contract sold, I would never go with an insurance carrier that doesn't have an A-plus rating from all four of the rating agencies because you may be surprised at some point in the future when you go to collect your check and it uh, doesn't cash. <laughs> yeah, that would be bad. There goes There goes the... The benefit of an annuity. Did we give out Chef Shop's contact info? We will give out Chef Shop Just contact sure info. Scott's been so nice to us. Make sure we get everything covered three, there. Three times, and we are good on time. Speaking of, Chef Shop, they're at 2320 Troy Road, Edwardsville, Illinois. They're in the Schnooks Plaza, right next to the Target. They can be reached at 618-659-9840 or at Chef's shop at prodigy.net that's c-h-e-f-s dot s-h-o-p-p-e at prodigy.net and if you're out and about go ahead and stop by tell nancy or scott uh, you heard the show uh and uh, we'll we'll figure out something with them uh they may they may just give you a sample of fudge or something you know uh, you never know i haven't talked to them about that yet but maybe wear I a mask to go in and get a sample of that fudge <laughs> Yeah, that's the truth. Anyway, that about wraps up the Financial Cafe uh, version number three, talking about annuities. Much more to come. We're going to take this up and finish it up on the next show. Uh, have a great week, everyone. And this is Larry Lexo and John Graney signing off for the Financial Cafe. You've been listening to the Financial Cafe, airing every Saturday at 9 a.m. on 88.7 WSIE The Sound. Today's show is underwritten by The Chef Shop in Edwardsville, your hometown kitchen accessory store, where a good cup of coffee starts every day right. Listeners are invited to send your questions regarding retirement, investments, or any other financial topic that may pique your interest. Send the questions to John at jgraney at nickelfinancial.com or to Larry at llexo at nickelfinancial.com. John and Larry will discuss those questions each week during their Q&A session. If you prefer, they will respond to you in private. Thanks for listening to the Financial Cafe on 88.7 WSIE The Sound.